It's show 31 of the Rim Pro Report. Today we have Andy Sokol of Copy Scan Record Shred and Scanning School. We're going to cover some news. So without further ado, on to the show. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. I'm not even going to say hello. Let's just pick up from the headline. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, this is Tom Adams, and that was Simon Cowell. Uh, I'm glad you're here today with us on the show, and Simon, I'm uh, glad you're here on the show today. I've watched you for a lot of years, and um, looks like this year doesn't even look like Idol's missing you that much. It's turning out to be a good show for Idol this year, uh, but it looks like you've got a new show in the works, too, X Factor. Anyways, uh, you know, I'm really glad you're here, and I am glad uh, for everyone else that is joining us today. I'm, I'm excited to talk to Andy Sokol. Uh, a little later on in the show after we deal with some industry news. But hey, Simon, um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to have you here on the show. It's kind of a sabbatical year for you. Well, this is going to be very uncomfortable, I hope. Well, I, I was hoping it wouldn't be all that uncomfortable, but I, I, I was surprised that you wanted to come and hang out today. I mean, I know you and Seacrest are buddies, I think, at least... You know, that's what I've heard. Okay, I admit it. I've got a crush. Yeah, well, good on you then. Uh, Ryan's, you know, he's a good guy. I know he keeps telling me he wants to do the Rim Pro Report as well. But with E and, you know, American Idol and, you know, his whole little radio show, it's pretty crazy and he just can't come and see me. But I, I'm glad that you're here with me today on the Rim Pro Report. It's it's really kind of cool to have you here. This show is all about finding a star, not feeling sorry for people who aren't very good. Well, you know, we do the best we can and I do the best I can to find interesting and compelling stars in the Rim industry. And, you know, it's not that I feel sorry for everyone. I'm actually kind of thrilled for most of them. I'm not, not sure what you mean by that. The show's supposed to make everyone happy. Everyone keeps crying on this show. <laughs> crying? I, I don't remember anyone crying here. Charlie Sheen got a bit weird a couple of weeks ago, and Sue Sylvester, well, she can be downright mean. I, I, I know that. Um, but we're not about making people cry. I do believe you're the one who's good at bringing people to tears. I am not going to lie to these people just because it makes them feel good. Well, showing a bit of compassion, Simon, no, that, that's not the same as lying in my book, but whatever. You know, Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler, they, they seem to be uh, making it happen this year, so good on them. Hey, well, that's a little bit awkward, so uh, I think it's time we go and check out the industry news. It's, it's lots going on, and I, I want to get to that, so give me a second here. We'll get the news uh, lined up. I think you just killed my favorite song of all time. Well, I'm sorry. It's, it's just like a bumper to the news. Uh, I didn't think that was your favorite. Anyway, so who bought who? Cintas Corporation has acquired Fax Record Center out of Phoenix. 
been in operation since 1983. Fax was formerly a division of Target Commercial Interiors. Uh, the company operates an off-site records management and storage facility in Phoenix, so Cintas has made that acquisition. Piranha Paper Shredding in Waukesha, Wisconsin, said Monday it completed its asset purchase of Documents of Wisconsin, a uh, Menasha document destruction and record storage company. So lots of acquisitions happening these days, and uh, good for them. I'm so pleased. Yeah, well, I, I expect Cintas and Piranha are feeling pretty good about it, too. Hey, uh, PRISM conference is coming up. Looks like Nade was a great one this last weekend. Uh, I've heard lots of good things already about that show, and it looks like the next big one is PRISM annual conference in Miami in May. So uh, I know that PRISM is actively looking for and hoping that you're registering for that conference. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm actually going to be speaking a couple of times at that conference, but stay tuned. There's some interesting stuff on that. Ed. NAID's next certification destruction specialist exam will be held in Cincinnati on April the 19th. I can only describe your voice as ghastly. What? what? We're doing the news, Simon. Let me be. Uh, more information is coming out about the massive New Jersey data breach possibility reported last week. Apparently, auditors from the New Jersey Comptroller's Office reported that 46 out of 58 hard drives on computers the state was preparing to auction uh, last year still contained protected information. According to the New York Times, the data included files on abused children, employee evaluations, tax returns, lists of computer passwords, names, addresses, birth dates, and other information on hundreds of foster children and abused children, and of course, social security numbers. Oh, God, I thought that was absolutely dreadful. Yeah, well, it, it certainly is absolutely dreadful, and it, it keeps happening. I mean, this data breach stuff just keeps uh, coming up all the time in the news, and it's certainly something that we've, we, we, we have to be aware of in our industry as the, um, you know, the voice of reason and the, and the methodology by which we can help protect uh, companies and ultimately people because of our secure methodology. Over in Ireland, four large companies pled guilty this week's week to violations of data protection laws. The companies included UPC, Vodafone, O2, and Earcom. They were ordered to pay almost, uh, I guess it was 115 million uh, euros in fines between them all. Now, this one's interesting. Elliott Management Corp., and this just uh, showed up, uh, I, th I think it was yesterday, showed up in the news. Elliott Management Corp., which oversees two funds, uh, which have uh, over $16.8 billion under management, and uh, they apparently own just around 5% of Iron Mountain's common stock. They wrote a letter this week to the board of Iron Mountain, which was also publicly displayed in a lot of the the newsletters and newspapers and and economic stuff around calling for a strategic review of Iron Mountain's capital allocation and operational efficiency. Elliott also submitted a minority slate of four independent, highly qualified nominees to join the board of directors to bring independent perspective and additional insight to the review process at Iron Mountain at a board level. The letter clearly defines some issues, but first they, they do suggest that things are working. Uh, they suggested in the letter that the North American physical business operations, which account for 69% of the 2010 revenue, 
uh, are solid. It's a, it's a solid business, but uh, it creates 44% margin and it has an industry-leading market position. But some of the issues they address, which I, I think are valuable for us to be aware of, the company's success has made the segment a mature business. Uh, they've substantially penetrated the North American market, and the business, Elliot says this, uh, cannot grow faster than the underlying market. That, that's an interesting uh, perspective. For a long period, this is the second major point that they're making in, in terms of their issues. For a long period, high growth and high returns uh, went hand in hand for Iron Mountain. And in the letter, they state it must be recognized that this is no longer the case. Instead of returning capital to shareholders, management at Iron Mountain has chosen to reinvest the bulk of their annual profits in expansion-driven capital expenditures and acquisitions that have generated minimal to negative returns. Over the last decade, the company has spent $2.7 billion on weak international, its weak international physical and ailing worldwide digital business, neither of which has come close to earning the margins or returns on capital of the North American physical business. Had Iron Mountain simply retained that cash, it would have now savings equal to roughly 50% of the company's current market cap. So what they're suggesting should be done, and I'm reading from their letter, the company should take concrete steps to refocus the business and capitalize on its strengths to once again become an attractive investment for shareholders. These steps include implementing a business improvements to achieve operational efficiency. The second one was focusing on return on invested capital for all growth initiatives. Third is optimizing the corporate structure to maximize distributable cash flow. And then fourth, aligning management compensation with shareholder value creation. The letter, the public letter, and the letter to the board goes on to say, we are strong believers in the long-term opportunity at Iron Mountain. We see far more value than is currently reflected in the company's stock price. The company is an excellent core business with a sustainable competitive advantage. All we need now is an equally compelling plan for managing capital allocation and maximizing shareholder value. Well, that's uh, quite the interesting letter, and uh, I spent a little bit of time on that because I, I think it there's a lot of interesting stuff in that letter that I, I think is valuable to you, too. I'm running out of compliments here, actually. <laughs> well, it sounds like Elliot wasn't highly complimentary, but it looks like they're sending, uh, at least positioning uh, four other people to be on the board of Iron and be interesting to watch what comes of that. This week, Spring CM announced five tests to assist IT management as they navigate the complexities of enterprise content management solutions. Spring CM, uh, which actually uh, a number of companies in this industry have of integration with, hopes to use these tests to support the growing demand for cloud-based document management and workflow solutions. Criteria in this program include cost, complexity, security resources, and business versus technology aims. And finally, Google was cited uh, 100,000 euros by the French Data Protection Authority this week for collecting private data through its Street View program. It seems that earlier in the week, uh, Germany actually dropped that whole fine and the whole program with that because that didn't seem to work out for the Germans, but apparently the French are continuing with the uh, fine against Google. And you know what? That's it for the news. Although it was good, I don't see that as an American Idol winning performance. 
Well, you know, I, I wasn't really performing uh, for any kind of idle performance, Simon. I was just catching our listeners up on the industry news this week. So, you know what? I'm going to go get Andy Sokol on the line and uh, going to give him a call. So just hang on a second and we'll get to him. We're back, and I think we've got him on the line. Andy Sokol is a serial entrepreneur and business builder in the rim services industry. Copy scan, record shred, and more recently, accurate data storage, and a whole bunch else, and we're going to learn more from him. Andy is making things happen in our industry in the South Florida region. Hey, Andy, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing, Tom? Uh, it's so good to talk to you. Uh, I have heard about you, and I'm I'm actually ashamed to admit I've never met you personally. I know we, we have obviously crossed paths in the Nade and Prism worlds, but obviously have not uh, you know had that, that uh, face-to-face connection. So it's it's a pleasure to meet you. Yes, likewise. I'm sure we've crossed our paths of, uh, at uh, Nade and at Prism conventions, but uh, this coming Prism convention, I look forward to actually officially meeting with you. Yeah, that'd be great. So I glossed over it quickly, but uh, tell me uh, if if you were to sort of jump in a helicopter and go up to fifteen thousand feet and give me a look of what the Andy Enterprise looks like from ten, you know, fifteen thousand feet up. What's all going on in your world? Wow, that's a great question because we've got so much going on. Uh, first of all, well, you know that uh, Copy Scan is a copying and scanning business, and we are busting at the seams. Wow. Uh, the EMR market is really uh, exploding our industry, and we're having a lot of fun with that. At the same time, uh, our shredding business, Record Shred, is, is growing as well and getting a lot of shredding business just because we're offering scanning. Wow. And then most recently, because we've been offered, we've been asked actually by uh, many uh, NADE uh, shredding business entrepreneurs to talk to them about getting into the scanning business and how do they add that to what they're doing now so they can diversify, uh, we decided to open up a program uh, for training people on how to start scanning and how to add that to their business called Scanning School. So we're really busy with that and we're having a lot of fun all as well. And uh, based on a little, little bit I know about you and doing some digging before this call, I discovered that you're also a you know a big real estate uh uh, into real estate, and it sounds like you know you've been in this entrepreneurial game for a while. Actually, I'm a what they call a serial entrepreneur. Ever since I was a child, uh, it's kind of funny. I started off with lemonade stands, and eventually, when I got a little older, I had a lawn mowing business, and and uh, and later on, I, I just started doing all kinds of things and creating small businesses in order to uh, to grow as a person and do lots of training to grow, and and decided that's what I wanted to do. And so when I, um, when I got into the copying and scanning business, I didn't want to stop there because there's so much involved in document management. So eventually I needed to have a, a uh, property to house our company because I got tired of having to move around, having a lease and moving around quite often and, and having a landlord telling us what to do all the time. So I went ahead and took a course on commercial real estate investing because I wanted to be able to speak the language of commercial real estate. Hmm. And that is what allowed me to go ahead and actually get a commercial building and have a permanent home for our business. So that was uh, that was pretty interesting to learn, and it was very, very helpful as well. 
Very cool. So tell me about the lemonade stand. That intrigues me. Tell me what, you know, uh, a six-year-old Andy is thinking when he sets up the lemonade stand. Is this something encouraged by your parents? Is this just sort of an inner passion of yours? Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny you ask because I remember when I was a kid and, and I had asked my mom and my dad for some spending money because I wanted to go to the movies. And they said, why don't you earn it? And I had to figure out, what could I do as a little kid? What could I do to earn money so I can go to the movies with my friends? And so we had a lemon tree in the backyard, and I loved lemonade. We used to make fresh lemonade all the time. So I decided to put a little stand on the, in the front yard uh, by the street with a, a sign, and I was in business. Very cool. And so that, that, that evolved into a golf ball business. Tell me about that one pre- briefly. Well, I... I got the taste of entrepreneurship at a young age, and so we later moved to a house that, um, that was on the golf course. And the backyard, our backyard was actually on the 15th green, and the golf carts had to pass right behind my house to move on to the next tee-off. And so uh, I used to go diving in the local canals and ponds <laughs> on the golf course and retrieve golf balls at night after the golf course was closed and then clean them up and then sell them for a quarter a piece in the backyard. And this is in South Florida? Yes. Okay, you are an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any uh, croc, uh, no, croc, alligator scares? What um, you know, there wasn't any alligators that, that uh, I had to come and cross with, but there were uh, water moccasin snakes. So wow. uh, it wasn't fun. A little scary, but... Uh, you, know, you have to take risks sometimes when you go into business. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so tell me the story from then. You you obviously, as a kid and as a teenager, are developing this entrepreneurial sense about you. And then, you know, it, it's a while. Obviously, you go off and you, you get involved in other stuff. But what's the what's the genesis of the, the scanning business? Uh, where does that show up in your life? How does, how does that kind of emerge for you? Well... After working in, in sales, different, uh, different jobs in my early career, I, I went to a, uh, a recruiter and I asked them, uh, you know, what can I do? I'd like, to, I'd like to grow in my career and what's available and, and can you set me up on some interviews with some other bigger companies? And so the recruiter sent me on an interview to a, a copying company, a copy service company. Yeah. And, uh, and I went over there and they talked about how they do litigation copying. And I didn't really understand it a whole lot. So when I went home that night, I called my parents, and my, my mom uh, is a paralegal. My mm-hmm. dad was, is an attorney. And so I asked him, I said, tell me about litigation copying. Is there really a business there? Don't, don't law firms have their own copy machines? And they said, oh, my gosh, it's a huge industry. The, our, our copy people come in almost every day and pick up boxes and boxes of records and, and make photocopies and multiple sets. Wow. So I decided to go ahead and accept that position, and that was the very base, uh, beginning of the scanning industry. Yeah. Because at that time, back in the early 90s, there was some scanning going on, but mostly was photocopying of right. records. Right, And over the years, uh, of course, that has completely changed. It's actually flip-flopped, where most of the time now everything is scanned instead of copied. But uh, in 1995, I decided to uh, leave that particular company and open up my own business, which I did. And I had I had learned quite a bit about the business, even though I was my capacity was that of a salesperson, but I went ahead and learned everything I could about running the equipment, all the tricks of the trade, 
and uh, how to take care of everything that needed to be done in that business for our customers. And I decided to go ahead and open up my own company. So that's how I kind of fell into uh, the scanning business. So when we first started our company, CopyScan, in 1995, we were doing probably 10% of the business of scanning and the other 90% of photocopying. And over the years, that has completely changed. And it's, it's probably uh, 20% or 25 to 25% of photocopying and the rest scanning. Wow. So it's really made a huge change. And we've seen lots of changes over the years. In the yeah. And oh, I kept bet. on them as well. So 95 and uh, that, that, you know, you obviously grow that business significantly. Uh, but in 2002, you launch Record Shred. Tell me the story from 95 to 2002, you know, the, the high points that got you to decide it was time to get into the shredding business. Well, what we were doing, we, were, we had over the years had been photocopying records for law firms primarily yeah. in, their, in their litigation cases. All their, their clients' uh, files had to be copied and duplicated. Yeah. And um, they were starting to pile up in their hallways and their offices as the cases were settling, which sometimes take years. Uh, and, and all of a sudden they started saying to us, listen, there's this thing called HIPAA. We don't know too much about it, but we know that we can't throw this stuff in the dumpster anymore. Right. So can you help us out? Can you shred this stuff for us? What can you do? Right. And so what I started doing was I, I, I bought, a, uh, I bought a, a $99 shredding machine at one of the local office supply companies. Ouch. And uh, our first project was eight boxes, and it took us three days to do it. <laughs> I had one of my employees for three days, eight hours a day, shredding that, that job. Oh, my. And uh, the customer has said to me, uh, how much are you going to charge me for this? And I felt bad, and I said, listen, if I have to charge you what I need to charge you, you're going to hate me for life. So I'm just going to do that one for free. And they were very happy. And, and so I decided, wait a second, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. And I found out that there were some other shredding companies in the area that had been in business for a while, and I just started referring them business. And so it got to be where our customers were calling us for shredding, and I was just referring business to companies that would become uh, future competitors. And so when I, when I saw the, the writing on the wall and some of the trends that were going on, I realized that, hey, there must be some kind of a shredding industry. And, and I checked into it on the Internet and, and discovered Nade. Yeah. And it just so happened to be that uh, a month from that point was – a Nade convention in, uh, in Orlando, <laughs> which was very convenient. That works out well. Yeah. So I went up to it, and I learned all kinds of stuff about uh, the shredding industry and how, how important it is and how big it is. And I took uh, Ray Berry's uh, shred school yeah. course yeah. later on, about a month later. And actually, I was his very third student. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that, but I was his third student. They were just developing the program, so that's kind of neat. But that's how we fell into the shredding business. And, and so we, we, we operated uh, the shredding business as a separate company, so that way both companies can advertise and market their core business and uh, with the intention of overlap, which has been a successful way to do it for Yeah. So, so primarily, so then at 95 and then it, in 2002 you launched Record Shred. What, what kind of shredding are you doing? Are you doing plant-based? Are you doing trucks? What, what's, your, what's your methodology? Uh, we, we do both. We, we, uh, we started off with, 
with one of the Amer Shred uh, uh, generator type shredders, mm-hmm. and that that got us started off. And we we had that for about a year, but we outgrew that pretty quick. And then we went to getting uh, mobile trucks, and we put that particular Amer Shred shredder in uh, in our plant in our warehouse. So we use that for plant based. Okay. And but most of the work is really done in the mobile trucks. And uh, now we recently also have taken on hard drive destruction as well. Okay. And we're getting quite a good response for that uh, as well. Wow. So the 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 um, movement into shredding and into the shredding world, uh, obviously you start getting in contact and getting to know other people in the shredding industry, but you, you're really, at, you know, it, foundationally you've been a scanning company. So yeah. tell, tell me about the evolution now of the business and... And what it, you're doing this scanning school thing now? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, sure. Uh, within you know the last two to three years, going to the NAID conventions, we have been approached quite a bit from some other shredding companies that have been intrigued because most of the companies that are there are shredding companies first. Right. They are shredding companies, and they're trying to add additional services. For example, uh, document storage. Um, whatnot. So since we were a scanning company first, then we have been approached by many people to say, hey, you know, what, what can you teach me? Can I, can I come visit you? Can I see your place? Can, I, can you come fly out and see me and spend a day or two and teach me the business? Right. And we saw that there's a real need, and, and, and really there is a need, because one of the ways that you can, uh, can thrive in any economy and, and continue to grow and, and be better than your competition is to diversify. Mm-hmm. And as long as it makes sense to diversify into another area, and add additional service or product, then you should. Yeah. And so that's really what we're trying to teach people how to do and how to add this uh, type of service to their existing business. I mean, most shredding businesses already are doing, uh, have, have uh, big customers that are they're doing lots of shredding for that could need scanning services if they're a law firm or if they're a medical facility, um, if they're a manufacturing company. Yeah. Those are all three big areas that we teach in our program on how to understand their needs and how to understand uh, how to speak to them, really, and how to market to them and how to help them out. So are you seeing in your shred business in the in that, uh, granted you've come from a scanning background, and that's kind of where your, your business uh, genesis was, but when you're, sh- when you're out selling shredding and your team are out pushing shredding, how much scanning business are is that creating for you? Oh, my gosh. That has helped tremendously in our business because what we, what, what, uh, we have noticed is that when you go out and see a company because they, they call you to get a, a word that I hate to use is bid yeah. on a shredding project, you go out there and, and then they say to you, okay, great, thank you for the price. Um, really, we're going to get all this, uh, these documents scanned in and, and uh, this whole room full of documents or this whole warehouse full of documents going to be scanned in first. And then we'll call you when we're ready to get everything shredded. We just wanted to get a price right now so we can go ahead and get our budget approved and, and we'll call you when we're ready. And when we hear that, we let them know right away, hey, we can get the scanning done for you, too. Right. And a lot of times they're surprised because they were not expecting that. They were expecting us just to give them a price and, and, and leave. And so we get scanning work 
from that just because we're we're asking about it and we're letting them know that we can do this. Oh yeah. And 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 really vice versa applies too is because we're getting built in shredding business because we're offering scanning. Because so you're offering scanning. Customers, yeah. yeah. Sometimes customers yeah. call us about scanning and we let them know, hey, what are you gonna do when everything is scanned in? What is what is your intention to do with all the documents, all the boxes of records? And they let us know right up front, oh we're gonna get it shredded and we say to them listen, we can really take care of the whole thing for you, and, and then you don't have to worry about it. And uh, they're very thankful about that. They, most people want to do business with somebody who can do more than one thing and make their life easier. So have you then evolved into what are considered you know, the two other traditional uh, RIM service business offerings, which would be record storage and media storage? Are you doing anything in those areas? Uh, we are currently not. That is a great way that we would like to grow our business as well. Hmm. Uh, we are, it, it kind of all goes together. Yeah. Document storage, record storage, shredding, and scanning really is, they, they complement each other so well. Oh, yeah. And it's a natural progression for any business who is doing any one or more of those, those services. Right, right. The way we'd like to go is we don't want to uh, uh, go into the hard box storage, what we'd like to do is we'd like to be able to store data. And that's that's where our business model is leaning towards, and that's what our plan is for the next year. Okay, so so primarily the scanning business has always been a on-demand kind of thing. So well, primarily, as you said, it was built around law firms and the, the, the copy process that, that is involved in... in creating multiple copies for lawyers, but right. as you're, so the, the evolution of this for you is very obviously around, um, around, uh, siloing and, and putting all their, all their stuff in, in accessible online locations and, and really, uh, building that part of the business. So the document storage side of it in terms of digital document storage. Correct. Because what okay. we've found is that, uh, the, the bulk of our business is primarily working with law firms. Uh, and that we have found that typically over the past years we've been giving the data back, all the scanned images back on CDs. Okay. And what we'd like to be able to do is offer that where instead of giving them CDs, we can actually store that in the cloud, which is where a lot of document data storage is going. And that way they can have all their casework done in one spot. Yeah. Everything, everything that has to do with that, that lawsuit can be in one single location uh, stored in the cloud where the attorney, the paralegal, and if they have multiple offices or if they have experts that need to look at the documents, they can all access them through the Internet, through a secure uh, password system. Yeah. Very cool. So the the movement forward, you know, there there seems to be a path for you. So from your perspective, and as a serial entrepreneur, uh, the the opportunity here is is exciting for you. Obviously, you're you're sticking with this, and you're you're not um, you're not planning on on selling out soon, right? Oh no, no. There's so much opportunity right now, and especially where we've been working with a lot of the medical offices due to. Uh, now they've been mandated to have to scan in all the patient files uh, and, and, and turn them into digital. I don't know if you know about that. Oh, yeah. But uh, the new health care bill provides funding to pay for my scanning bill. So the bill that I give the doctors for scanning all their patient records 
they get reimbursed for. Yeah. And uh, so that's really. Uh, oh yeah, that's making the industry that's ex- do cartwheels. Yeah, that's exciting stuff, and we've we've had a, a a fair amount of stuff in some of the historical shows here on on Rim Pro Report where we we've talked to people who are you know aggressive in that area in terms of you know being being support to the industry and stuff like that. So it's exciting. There's so much cool opportunity happening in that space that that that's very exciting. Hey, if if you you know, with all you know now, you've been at this a long time, and now you're teaching other people to do it. But if you were able to go back to 1995 when you started Copy Scan, and you could give uh, Andy back then some advice with all you know now, what would you be telling him? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, number one, I would probably want to go uh, want to approach all of the industries uh, instead of working with law firms only because uh, there is so much of a need out there that has developed over, you know, the changes in technology over the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And so I would, I would definitely uh, have told Andy back then to uh, keep your eyes and ears open for uh, more industries to help service uh, other than law firms. Okay. The second thing I would do is I would uh, probably uh, – wanted to invest in more locations really? because there's such a big need out there. We have one location and we service three different counties. We're right in the middle of the three counties. Right. So it's worked out well for us. And, and uh, with our business model, we've been uh, kicking around the idea of, of opening other locations, uh, at least in, in, uh, in Florida. And uh, so I would probably have spent more time working on that. Hmm. But other than that, Really sticking with it and being persistent and doing the right thing for your customers and making sure that really you do everything you can to create a raving fan. Those are the types of things that we do anyway, and, and that's how I believe. Cool. So I would just definitely have made sure that we continue with that as well. So who, who have been some of your more profound mentors along the way? Who, who has really helped sort of set you on the right path, and, and many of us have those, but who specifically are yours? Well, uh, I have quite a few. Uh, Tony Robbins was instrumental in, in, uh, in keeping me focused and keeping me, uh, you know, in charge of what I'm trying to accomplish in my life and in my career. Yeah. And his, his mentor was also one of my mentors, Jim Rohn. Oh, okay, yes. And, uh, and I got the opportunity to see Jim Rohn probably 30 years ago, and uh, he was instrumental, too, as well. I mean, the two of those guys together has just made a huge difference in my life. Oh, cool. That's and right. I've, I've gone through lots of sales training over the years, Brian Tracy and Tom Hopkins, yeah. and, of course, Zig Ziglar. Those guys are my top three for uh, sales and marketing training. And uh, I can just go on and on and on for for uh, all the different uh, mentors that I've had in, in business. And I can't forget Michael Gerber with the E-Myth. Yes. Because that, to me, really hit home. When I started CopyScan is when that program, right around the time when that program came out. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a great little uh, tick in the butt to, to remind me to grow a business instead of work in the business. Right. Very cool. Well, I, I 
you know, there's there's probably lots we can talk about, but we're we're smoking through on time here. So I wanted to uh, ask you a couple other questions that I I like to ask all of our guests, and they're just you know just answer you know off the top of your head. So what's uh, Andy's perfect vehicle? My perfect vehicle, actually, I have two. If you don't mind, my first vehicle is I like to be uh, have drive a vehicle that gives me lots of utility. I currently have a Toyota pickup truck, and I really love that vehicle, and I would never change it. It gives me so much utility for this lifestyle that I have. Yeah. My other perfect vehicle is my Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Oh, okay. And that one, that motorcycle is my baby. Wow. And uh, I love that, that motorcycle, and I love being able to ride that motorcycle and have a lot of fun with trips. So really, I have two perfect vehicles. Cool. And I currently own them both. So uh, if you were able to try a, a different pr- profession other than the one you're in now and potentially some of the ones you've been in, is there another one you wish you would have tried or might still like to attempt? Well, I, uh, I really enjoy helping people out and teaching people how to uh, grow a business. Yeah. I have lots of friends of mine that have asked me over the years to, to teach them how to go into business, just whatever that business was that they wanted to do. And so with scanning school, I'm getting that opportunity. And that, that's, uh, I'm actually enjoying that quite a bit. And it's giving me a lot of pleasure, and uh, it's giving me a chance to give back to an industry that has been good to me. Very cool. Hey, if you could do lunch with one person you've never met but greatly admire, who would it be? Hmm. I would say George Washington, the founder of our country. Wow. Okay. Any particular reason for that? Just... That well, was the first one that came to mind. He he had a lot of guts to do what he did to to found a country and to put it all together. And I think I would enjoy having lunch with him. Cool. And final question. Uh, many of us have bucket lists of the 100 things we want to do in our lifetime. Uh, if you have a current priority, what is it? I uh, My bucket list is probably... Three feet long on a page. <laughs> <laughs> so you got more than the hundred. And oh yeah, definitely. Okay. And uh, you've already got your Harley, so that's <laughs> off the list. I've already got my Harley. Uh, one of the things I want to do on my bucket list is actually I want to visit uh, Slovakia, where my ancestors are from. I'm uh, second generation, and uh, I've never met any of my uh, distant relatives over there. And uh, my cousin recently found them on the Internet a couple years ago and went and visited and uh, is going back again this year and invited me to go with her. Oh, cool. So I'm really looking forward to do that. That, uh, They they sent pictures to me, and uh, they actually look like me. Wow. I think that's very cool. So I'm interested in doing that. It's definitely on my bucket list. Wow, very cool. Well, Andy, it's been a pleasure. It's uh, I I am... uh... I'm thrilled to hear that great things are happening in your world and that serial entrepreneurship is is uh, is fitting you well and uh, continued success, especially with Scanning School. We'll we'll put a link to Scanning School on the uh, RimProReport.com website just so people know how to access you. But uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I hope that Scanning School goes well, and I hope that all your other businesses continue to thrive as you do too. Well, thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure and, and an honor to be on your show. And I definitely look forward to meeting you at this uh, upcoming PRISM session.
Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, thanks, and we'll we'll catch up again. You got it. Bye bye. Well, there you go. That was uh, that was great talking to Andy. That's he's got some really cool stuff going on, and so I want to give a special thanks to Andy for speaking with us today. And you know, thank you too, Simon, for joining us in the studio today, despite your busy schedule. I know with the new show coming up, uh, you've got lots going on. So um, uh, thanks again. You weren't quite as cruel as I expected you'd be. You took your criticism like a man, and I commend you for that. Well, well, well. Thank you. Um, I, I, I didn't think there was anything, but I, I, I appreciate that, anyways. America should be very proud of you because you are world class, absolutely superb. Well, well, thank you. Um, it's fun doing the show, and I, I'm glad you're on, and thank you for your compliments. Yeah, I'm lying. You were brilliant. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, well. Thanks for joining us anyways, folks. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again in seven days. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.